Hey everyone, welcome to Be The Change. My name is Lily Mott, and today I'm going to be talking about how change comes when you're in it for the right reasons. I am really excited to share this week's episode with you because I love the energy and passion this guest has for her work. Dino Maya Sarame is from Botswana, and she is a Rhodes Scholar studying biomedical engineering at the University of Oxford, as well as an activist and the founder of the organization Blackout Africa. I really enjoyed this conversation with Dino, so without further ado, let's get started with this episode featuring Dino Maya Sarame. So my name is Dino Maya Sarame. I'm a Rhodes Scholar currently doing my DPhil in Biomedical Engineering at the University of Oxford. I am a performance poet, I do poetry, I'm an activist, uh, mostly mental health activism and education, like activist, education equity activism, and I am also a founder of a platform called Blackout Africa. So that's like a very short description of what I do, but I think if I went into like details of what I actually do, it would like take hours, but yeah. I am so excited to have you on the podcast to talk about your experiences and the work that you've done. And I would love if you could share a little bit more about your background and what got you to this point of being a Rhodes Scholar and doing all of this activism. Tell me more about that story for you. Yeah, so I am from Botswana. Botswana is like my home country. I grew up in Botswana and the first time I left the country was in 2018 when I went to South Africa for the Rhodes Scholarship interview. Uh, so I've been here my whole life and obviously you grow up looking at the different struggles that people from your home country like go through every day. So that inspired my being outspoken since yeah, since I was very, very young. Um, so um, in 2017, just before I could graduate my undergrad, my do my undergraduate and graduate, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And I think that really pushed me into doing mental health activism because I could see the clinical need that was there in our hospitals and uh, the different like active, activism that was needed into like squashing the activism, not squashing the stigma around mental health in Botswana. And I know it's something that like a lot of African countries struggle with. And it was just like something that pushed me into doing it because I could I, I could tell from my experience that a lot of people would face stigma going to a hospital and stuff like that. You know, something that they don't talk about. And usually when you're in an African setting, when you talk about mental health, they just think they're demon possessed or like, you need to go to church and like get prayed for and stuff like that. So I, I think that really pushed me into doing something in mental health. And then when it comes to education activism, I think it's something that's very recent uh, because I got the Rose Scholarship and I was like, huh, okay. Somebody like me from like a tiny African country can actually get a scholarship to go to the University of Oxford. I always dreamt of going to Harvard actually. And I had in my bio and on my Facebook page that I was going to go. You know, when people like are very young, you, you guys like studied at Harvard University, even though I've never been to Harvard University. So I had that for the longest time on my bio and my friends are like, maybe it's time you change that to just like studied at the University of Botswana. So I was just like, you will see. And then, <laughs> and then a couple of years later, 
I got the gold scholarship and then I was like okay now that I can see that this is possible I should do like a have a scholarship for people like me who don't think that it's a possibility for them. That is such a great story about growing up and wanting to go to Harvard. And now, of course, you're a Rhodes Scholar and going to Oxford, which is amazing. So tell me more about your work in education activism. I'd love to know what issues you're specifically focusing on and what changes you're hoping to see with all of this work that you're doing. Yeah, so I've been very fortunate to come from a family that could afford education for me, obviously. In Botswana, education is free. We say it's free, but you pay like a very small fee to to go to primary school and you find that different families can't even afford that. So it would be like 20 pounds a year, which would you look at it from the UK and you're like, that's nothing. But you have families who are really struggling to even get that, that kids to school. So that need that you can tell that you have brilliant kids in villages who can't go to school, but you can tell that they're very brilliant and they could do so much for our country if they just had the resources and they had the, the support from people like me who have a bit, who could just give back to our communities. So I do uh, look for, identify those students who are very brilliant and who just have, can't have enough money to go to school and whose parents can't afford to take them to school. Um, so yeah, the, the scholarship is just based on that, but we don't only look for students who don't have money to go to school, but we also look for, for students who show like academic aptitude, students who show that they, they want to be leaders and they, they want to like provide for their communities. They want to give back to the communities that like nurtured them from, from a young age. So yeah. That's, that's my main focus. And obviously, like, it's something that I want to expand so that it reaches the whole continent if possible. That's such a great project. And I think the scholarships idea is a great investment in future generations. And it's so cool that you've been able to take your own experiences and your own observations about your country and the world and really make change around the issues you've seen. So I would also love to talk more about your mental health activism. Tell me more about your journey with mental health and tell me more about what inspired you to get involved with mental health activism in Botswana. Yeah, and like I said, I, I got diagnosed with bipolar disorder in 2017. I was just about to finish my undergraduate degree. And when I went to the hospital for the first time, it was just, it presented itself as anxiety attack. And they were like, no, you're just stressed. It's fine. Go home. You're fine. But obviously, you know your body better than somebody else. I was just like, no, I don't think something, I don't think this is well, like I'm well, I think something needs to be done about this. And I was sent home and I was told it might just be asthma. So I went home and then the following day I went to school. I was in class and I had another panic attack and I had to be rushed to the hospital. And unfortunately, the nurse who helped me wasn't very keen on helping me because they just believed I was faking it, which I think a lot of people, a lot of people get that kind of treatment when they go to hospitals where mental health is not really at like, that they don't value like people presenting with mental health illnesses you go there they expect to see like a physical illness and a mental illness is like not something that they really look at so it was very unfortunate that I had that and unfortunately uh, fortunately I had a doctor come and look at me and they're like yeah you should probably like go see a psychiatrist because 
I don't think it's normal for somebody to just be coming to the hospital with an anxiety attack like this. Um, so I went to see a psychiatrist and I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And obviously it was very difficult in the beginning because even my family, they were not aware of what bipolar disorder was or how to handle somebody with living with a mental health illness. And also the people around us who just believe that mental health illnesses like bipolar disorder just means you're crazy or it just means that you know you're demon possessed like i said um so yeah i i really want to see people embrace people with mental health illnesses just as much as if somebody had like a knee problem you'd be like oh my god what do you need can i take you to to the hospital you know how can i help why not treat mental health illnesses like that? Why not look at it? Okay, this is an illness. And I do know that there are different studies going around where now that are trying to change the way people view mental health and not say mental health, but instead saying brain health, because maybe people will take, people will like, it will remove the stigma from mental health, health illnesses and people will take mental health illnesses as something to really like take a closer look at. So you say brain health, okay, my brain is not, doing well today my brain is painful today I have a brain illness today and people will be like oh okay they make it it you present it as a physical illness even though it affects your mental well-being so that's something that I would like to see happen in my country and also I had I did a TEDx talk a couple of years back where I was trying to reclaim the word crazy because I had been called crazy a lot of times here in my country it's the stigma around mental health illnesses like I said I was called crazy I was called mad I was called nuts I was called insane all those different words and I was like you know what I'm gonna do a TEDx talk and I'm gonna talk to the people who call me crazy and I'm gonna reclaim this word so I call myself crazy unfortunately I'm not wearing my it is a privilege to be crazy t-shirt but I wear that proudly and whoever calls me crazy I'm like I'm crazy but I'm at the University of Oxford and I'm doing amazing things for the community that I come from so I think that's how I define crazy now it's like I have an extra thing in my mind that tells me to do better every day and to help the people around me. I love that idea, and I think the brain health point is so interesting. I've talked with many mental health activists who are also trying to reduce the stigma around mental health, and I think this phrasing of even the label mental health is an important shift, and brain health conjures up a different connotation. And of course, I think reclaiming of the word crazy, that's so awesome, so thank you for sharing that. And I would also love to know some about your experience as a Rhodes Scholar. I got to talk with Serene Singh a while ago for this podcast, and she shared some about her experience as a Rhodes Scholar, so I would love to know about yours as well. What did the application process look like for you, and how has studying at Oxford been? It's amazing because I think a lot of people who, most of the people who apply for the Rhodes Scholarship have been like waiting to apply for the Rhodes Scholarship for like since they were young. But I did not know what the Rhodes Scholarship was until the year that I applied for the Rhodes Scholarship. So I was home, I had just graduated my bachelor's and you know, my, my family were like, oh, you need to like get up and go to work. You need to find a job. And I was like, no, I'm just like not there yet. Like, I think I could improve myself so much, like before I could 
go into the workforce. So I started looking for scholarships online and then there was the Rose Scholarship. And you know, you hear the word prestigious a lot and you just don't understand what prestigious is, especially if you were like so sheltered in your own little country in Africa where you just, I honestly did not know what the Rose Scholarship was. So it was like so funny. So I applied for the Rose Scholarship and I was like, also oh, there's definitely no way I'm gonna get this Rose Scholarship. How am I going to go to the University of Oxford? I have like bipolar disorder. I'm as crazy as they come. There's no way I'm going to get this scholarship. So I just applied. Honestly, it was a way to like shut my family up because they wanted me to go to work. And then I applied. I went to this, uh, the interviews in South Africa. And I was the only girl in my year who was like uh, the finalist for the scholarship. And it was the scariest thing I've ever done. Like going into a room with people who speak English a certain way, they're very like well-spoken and I'm just like a mess. <laughs> but I went in and, you know, I presented myself the best way I could to the panel there. You had like a dinner, you have a dinner the day before the interview. So I went in, had the dinner and you have to choose what you want from the menu like a week before. And I didn't know anything that was on the menu. <laughs> so, I was like, mm, okay. My mom was just like, just choose a Capri salad. So I just decided to go with the Capri salad. And I didn't know what a Capri salad was at the time. And then they just brought like this pile of like cheese and tomatoes to me. And I'm just like, what the hell am I eating? <laughs> I was like the weirdest thing ever but I ate it because I was like I'm not gonna embarrass my mom in front of like all these people so I had the Capri Salad and that was the beginning of my journey with like with the Rhodes Scholars and like meeting the Rhodes community and then obviously I went into Oxford I went to Oxford met amazing people who are doing amazing things and you know when people talk about you have that thing where you feel like you're not enough, the imposter syndrome. You feel like you're not enough. How did I make it here? Did they make a mistake? I feel like even to the state, something like that I think about, I'm like, they probably made a mistake. What if like somebody's gonna catch me out and be like, oh, we didn't mean to choose you. So I have that still to this day, but I do have like friends in the Rose community. Friends like Serene, Serene is like, a little ball of craziness and it makes me like whenever I'm like around people like that I feel like you know what I'm with people who are like me and this is normal and we are accepted like it's a community that's very ac accepting and obviously like the University of Oxford and it's always very grand it's very beautiful and it's different from what I've experienced before and you get to meet these like scholars some like Nobel Prize winners and you're just like okay it's time to just like take it all in and then hopefully go back home and like tell people about my experience and they'll also be inspired to apply for the scholarship yeah that's so cool and i completely agree about oxford because going to those dinners and meeting so many amazing people it's just it's such a special place so you mentioned at the end about going back home and encouraging more people to apply for the Rhodes scholarship and i would love to know what's next for you what are your plans for life after oxford yeah it's it's always a very hard question to answer because i have like a lot of things going on in my head i'm just like i kind of want to stay in the uk just because of like the opportunities that you have when you're in the uk compared to here at home and unfortunately in Botswana, we don't really have like a 
a big biomedical engineering field where you can like just come back and work here so i have talked to like a couple of people who'd want to start stuff here like start something here like my my supervisor also like asked me to come back and like start something here like a startup or just work with the ministry of health to do like something with biomedical engineering here like here in Botswana. so that's something i'm looking into and i'll be meeting like with the different minister soon so that we can like have that in writing and like trying to establish something for ourselves so that would be amazing um and when it comes to like blackout blackout africa i obviously want to continue with the scholarships and have more kids sponsored by the scholarship i have been like reaching out to funders and blackout africa is being registered as a company as we speak uh, just so that, you know, we can get more sponsors and like formally say we are a scholarship and we are trying to like sponsor like future leaders of our country. So, yeah, those are like the main things. But there's like a lot that I want to do with Blackout Africa, a lot. It would be nice to have like young kids involved in just the everyday running of the scholarship and Blackout Africa so that we can reach more people. We can have more young people involved in being change makers, you know. Yeah. That's so exciting. And I am very excited to follow along with all of your work that's coming in the future. So I have one last question for you. Lots of young people, particularly college students and maybe high school students, want to create change and they want to make a difference in the world, but they may not know how or maybe where to get started with that. Do you have any advice or words of wisdom for those people who may be listening? Words of wisdom. I'm not wise yet, but I'm getting there. <laughs> I think I think the best advice would be number one, you have to start. Like you don't need money, you don't need connections. You just need to start with what you have. A lot of us have access to social media, we have access to like the internet. So if you have an you have the internet, you can easily like grow a following, you know, effect change in like your specific field. So just start. That's the best thing. Like find a cause that really speaks to your heart and invest your time in it and find ways to help other people. And it's like one of the things that my supervisor always says to me, it's probably why I like him as a supervisor. Whenever we're doing a project, because now we're in the, the medical field, he's like, you need to first find the clinical need. Are there people who need what you're presenting? Don't find a solution to a problem that's not there. So find the problem and then be the solution to that problem instead of like creating your own problems and you're just like, maybe, you know, and also don't do it for the fame or for the recognition because then you're not really in it for the right reasons and it's not as fulfilling, I think. So yeah, that's, I hope that was not too much. If there is one thing I absolutely loved about this conversation with Dino, it's her energy. She has so much energy and so much passion for the work she's doing, and I could see and feel that energy as soon as we began our conversation. I loved her point at the end when she talked about doing work for the right reasons, because I think so much of her story points to that advice. Dino has shaped her activism around her experiences in her home country of Botswana, and she has used her own energy and talents to work on solving the problems that she actually witnessed in her own communities. She isn't doing this work for fame or for profit. Instead, she's doing this work to solve the problems she's experienced 
or seen others experience. In her activism work and her research, Deneau is following her own advice, because change comes when you're in it for the right reasons. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and you can find Deneau on Instagram at Maya underscore Sarame to get connected with her, and you can also find Blackout Africa at Blackout underscore Africa on Instagram as well. If you want to talk about anything I mentioned, please reach out to me by email at lily at bethechangepodcast.org or on Instagram at bethechangepodcast. Tune in for my next episode, but until then, be the change you wish to see in the world. Bye, guys!